Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. And turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1. We continue in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1. Become powerful in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. Can I tell you, the world makes us powerless. They destroy us, they intimidate us, abuse us, sin, addiction, vices take away our power. But the good news is the Holy Spirit makes us powerful, and not with our own natural human power, but with God's divine, supernatural spirit power, more powerful than that of men. I think of the old scripture, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I'm going to do an illustration. I like pictures and illustrations because I think very visually. And I'm going to use a lot of analogies and pictures, even from Jesus. You know, Jesus said, talking about John the Baptist, you know, John baptized with water but I shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So he makes this equation, an analogy of water. And I believe water is one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. We think of living water and springs coming up from within and the water of life. And, and just like John baptizing the Jordan River in the water, Jesus' water is the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to have some symbols here that I'm going to use. The, the picture here is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. He is the source, the fountainhead, the spring, eternal water, never ending. You know, once you drink, you never thirst again. And the vessel, the little cup, is going to represent you. This is your life. You are a vessel. Uh, either a vessel for good or a vessel for evil, a clean vessel or a dirty vessel. And it's important to come to Jesus as a vessel and come just as you are. You may be broken, you may be dirty, you may think, I can't do anything, that's okay. Just come, Jesus will cleanse you, Jesus will fix you, he'll put you back together. And then the bowl here is symbolic of the people around you. Your family, your friends, co-workers, neighborhood, community. And you're, you're gonna, I'm going to use the analogy of water to explain that I believe there's three experiences with the Holy Spirit. The first is the Spirit can be with you be near you, alongside of you. You could sense the Holy Spirit. He can be convicting you. He can be drawing you to church today. He can be drawing you to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think of footprints, you know. He's walking alongside, and sometimes the Holy Spirit picks us up and carries us. But there is a deeper experience, and we call this like Jesus said, born again. And born again is to have the Spirit of God 
come inside of you. So the Spirit is with us, but when we become a Christian, we invite the Spirit of Christ into our heart, and he comes into us. That makes us a spiritual being. It makes us a Christian, a a member of the family of God, and he, like the Bible says, baptizes us into the family, into the church. But there is yet a third experience, very controversial, that we will read in the scriptures today, and you'll see this phrase today, to be filled with the Spirit, and then you'll see this phrase of the Spirit coming upon us and over us and baptizing us and overwhelming us. And in my analogy, the Spirit, it's like you're saying, okay, Spirit, I surrender to you. I give a 100%. Fill me up. Take me over. I want to be sold out. I want to be on fire. I want to be a dedicated vessel for your use. And when the Spirit fills you up, when he overflows you, when he comes upon you, or Jesus says, baptizes you, it's like an immersion, yes, all around us. When he does that, then you spill out. You bubble up. You affect those around you. And you touch them with the power of God, a verse, a scripture, a gift, a fruit of the Spirit. And this is what we're going to see today from the Holy Scriptures. So three experiences the Holy Spirit with you, in you, and upon you. Wait for the Spirit's power. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, Finally, it was 50 days for Pentecost, or seven weeks plus a day, seven sevens, very holy. It was uh, 50 days after the Sabbath of Passover week. So we have Passover week coming, the triumphal entry, we have Easter Sunday, and then imagine weeks after that is Pentecost. It's also known as a feast of harvest, feast of weeks, the day of first fruits. But Jesus, if you remember, said to his disciples, wait, pray. They waited, well, for 40 days. Jesus had risen from the dead and he was appearing to his followers for 40 days. And now they have to wait 10 more days. That's not very long. Wait 10 days. And it has finally come. They were all together in one place. I believe the 120 moved out of the upper room to the temple, to the outer courts, a big area, a place of worship and commotion. Because of Pentecost, the pilgrims have come for a holy day of worship. And the city is overcrowded with hundreds and thousands of Jews pilgrims from all over the known world, Jews that have come to worship the true God in his holy temple. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. It is what Jesus said to Nicodemus, the Holy Spirit is like the wind. You hear the sound of it, yes? 
but you don't know where it's come from. And I would make this analogy. Yes, the Holy Spirit's like the wind. The wind is invisible, but yet you hear it, you feel it, you see its invisible power upon the trees and nature, and it blows against your skin. So is the Holy Spirit. I can't hold him in my hand and say, here he is, but boy, I can hear him, I can feel him, I can see his power as he heals and his giftings and his fruit and his manifestations. So they hear the powerful wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. I do believe it is the upper room, but they move from the upper room to the temple proper because you will see in the chapter later, thousands upon thousands get saved and come to the Lord. Verse 3, And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. It is a supernatural manifestation. God can appear to you. He can do a sign, a wonder, a miracle, and get your attention loud and clear. And I don't know why, but God put little a fire flames upon each of their heads and they look like little human candles. You know, we used to say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, yes? Well, the flames are on their heads. And I believe the flame represents, again, the Holy Spirit. Our God is a consuming fire. And the Holy Spirit can burn within you. He can be a light that shines out in the darkness. And so these little flames are appearing on top of the heads of 120 faithful Christians. The true blue, the core group. I don't know what happened to the thousands of followers. You know, it was just recently they were saying, Hail Jesus, you know, we love you. You are Hosanna in the highest, son of David. There's tens of thousands ushering him into the city, the parade. And where are they now? You know, the thousands he fed, the fishes and the loaves and the miracles and the healings, thousands upon thousands, where are they now? We're down to 120. But that's okay. Because God can take a small group and with the power of his Holy Spirit, he is going to turn the entire globe upside down. And this is, many say, the birthday of the church, the first church in Jerusalem, Israel. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Now remember the filling before Jesus appeared to his disciples and he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. They got him inside. But now something is different. They are filled to the brim. They are filled to overflowing. And the Spirit is bringing with him spiritual gifts. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have a gift of the Holy Spirit. There's about 20-some gifts. I don't know what gift you have. Pray, try, explore, find out what gifts 
God has given you. Sometimes you can get a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. One of the gifts is speaking in tongues, or here it says speaking in other languages, a language that you do not know. The, the tongues of men, as we see here, later Paul talks about the tongues of angels, a heavenly language. But here they are speaking human dialects, human languages that they do not know in the natural as the Spirit was giving them utterance. God can speak to you. God can speak through you. Supernatural methods. I remember when I had met Pastor Don, and he came to Texas to the seminary, and he had interviewed me about coming to Reno, Nevada. And he had a secret he never told me till I came here. And he said, I don't want to tell you this, John, because you're going to think I'm kooky. But the night before I met you, I had a vision from God. And God showed me a dream. And God showed me your face in the dream. And God said, this is the man who will come to Reno, Nevada to start a new church. And in you walked into the interview room, and there was your face and I knew you were the one, but I never told you this till after you came. And I said, Don, that's the Holy Spirit. That's like a gift of the Spirit. God gave you a revelation, a dream, like the Bible says. And Pastor Don, being a, a good old Baptist preacher, said, yes, but I don't believe in those things. <laughs> and I said, how can you not believe? You saw it. You experienced it. And he said, yeah, I'm like working through that, John. <laughs> so don't be surprised when the Holy Spirit does a gift, a manifestation, something beyond the natural. Be open and listen to his voice. Wait for the Spirit. Wait for him to arrive. Wait for him to move and to guide and pray and wait like the church did of 120 Realize the Spirit's controversy. This is very controversial, what we're reading, what God is doing. Verse 5. Now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galilean? Most of Jesus' faithful followers, his original 12, but now we're down to 11, and yes, we've added in Matthias. They are Galileans, fishermen, the Sea of Galilee, Jesus' old stomping grounds, yes? And Galileans have a certain dialect, a certain slang and accent, you know? It's like I'm from New York, you guys, you know? You have a certain way you speak when you're from a certain area, you know, if you ever lived in the South, and y'all. So they recognize these are Galileans, but they speak the most incredible languages, the languages from the countries that we are from. You see, these pilgrim Jews have come from foreign lands to worship God in his holy temple on this holy day of Pentecost, and they're hearing local Jews speak the most beautiful, 
perfect languages of where they're from, but they know there's no way these guys could know these languages. And they're speaking about God and how great he is and the incredible things he's done. Verse 8, and how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the districts of Libya around Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. A proselyte is not a Jew. It is a Gentile who is converted to Judaism. He speaks a different language. He's from a different land. And so many wanted God, even though they weren't Jewish, and they would convert to the Jewish religion. And so they hear the miracle of languages. Verse 11, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues, speaking of the mighty deeds of God. When the Holy Spirit gives you a gift, it is not for you. It is for others. You are to use your gifts for others, and you minister, and you build up the body, and you proclaim Jesus, and you reveal God to people through your spiritual gifts. And so they are doing through this gift of tongues, declaring the glory of God, his praise, his glory, his awesomeness, and its prayers and worship. I remember at Calvary Chapel, Phelan, when we had someone who spoke out in a tongue, and then we were praying for someone to interpret, and Gary was praying, and all of a sudden his face changed, and he got all nervous, and he started shaking, and then he wouldn't do anything, and then finally someone else came out, and they interpreted the tongue, and it talked about praising God and most beautiful prayers to God. And Gary ran up to me and said, John, that was real. That, that interpretation was real. And I'm like, how do you know, Gary? Well, it came to me. I heard it, but I never experienced it. And I was so nervous and I was so shaking. I just couldn't do it. And so God gave it to someone else who would speak it out. I'm like, wow, that's awesome, Gary. It sounds like the Holy Spirit's still alive and well and moving in his church. We have many in our church that have the gift of tongues. They use it as a private prayer language. They go into their closet, they pray, and they tell me, I get so built up and encouraged, and when I use my heavenly language, and, and just God just ministers to me so. I know it's alive and well. I see it all over the place, along with the many gifts of the Spirit. Communicating. To me, it's like the Tower of Babel in reverse. Do you remember they were going to build a tower to God and they were going to uh, not spread over the earth and humanity had gathered in one mighty place and God said, no, you're supposed to spread out. So he confounded their languages. 
their language. And from speaking all one language, the world was changed to multi-languages, and it caused them to move away from each other and left the Tower of Babel unbuilt because they couldn't communicate of how to construct it. And so you have God spreading the languages to multi-languages, and now it's like in reverse, God is giving languages to unify and bring people together into his church in Jerusalem. A reverse. Speaking the mighty deeds of God. It is the Spirit's divine work. I believe we need to be open to the Holy Spirit of God, even when we don't understand, when it's outside of your box. You know, the Spirit colors outside the lines. But that can't be God. He never did it that way. I know, isn't it confusing? (laughs) I look at the ministry of Jesus, and Jesus goes hand in hand with the Holy Spirit. and, And one time, he's touching someone, He's praying over someone. He's speaking it out loud. One time he's spitting in the mud and rubbing the mud in the blind man's eyes, and I'm like, Jesus, this is crazy. No, this is the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And he says, wash out the mud and you'll see. And one time Jesus says, you know, throw a hook in the water and you'll catch a fish and we'll pay our taxes. And I'm like, this is crazy. No. This is the Holy Spirit. And you see Jesus walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and experiencing the power and the miracles and the signs and the fishes and the loaves and walking on the storm. And the power of Christ is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Verse 12, And they continued in amazement, and great perplexity, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, They are full of sweet wine. The Spirit can be powerful. It can be like getting drunk or being high. The Bible says, Do not be uh, filled with wine, uh, controlled with wine. Yes? but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like alcohol can control you, the Holy Spirit can control you. He can do great and awesome and marvelous things. Uh, They're mocking the work of the Holy Spirit. I have seen some people do crazy things and say it was the Holy Spirit, and my discernment was it wasn't. And then I've seen incredible supernatural things, and it was the power of the Holy Spirit. I remember at Calvary Chapel Downey, uh, Rick, who would come up hobbling with his cane, and he'd always come to the altar, and he'd pray for all those that were asking for healing and a touch from God, and he'd hobble up there. And, you know, in the past, he always came up to the altar for prayer for him. But this time was different. He came to pray for everybody else. And after he had prayed for them, he forgot his cane. He stood up completely healed, and he walked down the aisle, and he realized that he had been supernaturally healed. And I had missed the service, and I said, Rick, 
they told me you're healed and I don't believe it. And he put his cane in the air. He's dancing around me in circles. And he said, I'm getting my license back. I'm getting a job again. We're filling out all the paperwork to take me off disability. And they don't know how to list a miracle in my paperwork. Uh, I have a new life. God has healed me. And it's bizarre that when he put his eyes on others and wanted God to heal others, that's when the Holy Spirit healed him. Go figure. Fulfill the Spirit's plan. The Holy Spirit's got a plan, and he wants you to join him. Now, many times I say, God bless my plans. Here's what I'm doing with my life, with the church, my ministry, my family. You know, join me. And the Holy Spirit says, that plan's a disaster. (laughs) Follow my plan. Follow my scriptures. You know, follow the Son. Follow Christ. Abandon your plans and say, Holy Spirit, What's your plan for my life? Verse 14, But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Man of Judea, Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.